family of podcasts. It's me, it's Tommy B, and this is the Super Flex Super Show. Hey, super friends. Um, no Super Flex dude today. He's out scouting Division II quarterbacks at the, at the uh, Colorado School of Mines. So it's just me, Tommy B, today, um, handling the standard operating procedures for this week. But no problem. Uh, we survived the bipocalypse, the crazy six teams on by this this last week. And luckily, the worst is behind us. Uh, maybe you won, maybe you didn't, but we're not going to have to deal with this level of carnage until week 14 um, when we have another six teams on by. So we're just going to roll through this today. Um, it feels like a really cut and dry week to me. Um, given that there are no teams on by this week. So we get to be really lean on how we choose to spend our fab. You should have all of your starting quarterbacks. You should be executing the flywheel right now or whatever strategy you've got in its purest form. Um, Barring injury, your roster should look like you intended it to from a roster construction perspective um, coming into week one. So this should be ideally the easiest week um, that we've got for the rest of the season. Um, That said, there's still moves that we can make. Maybe you lost some guys to injury. Um, Maybe you're just not happy with your roster right now and you need to mix things up. You're, you know, a two win team and you've got to make some moves. Uh, So, so we're here for you. Um, But to be honest, there's not a lot out there that I'm seeing on waivers. But let's just get into it. Um, Let's make sure that these guys are rostered uh, at the running back position. I've got Gus Edwards and Darrell Henderson, two running backs that are getting really good volume. We weren't sure how the Rams backfield was going to clarify. And so everybody was throwing darts um, really at four different running backs but it turned out that Henderson was the guy. He got 100% of the goal line carries. He was really the focal point of the running game, which is what McVay is wont to do um, whenever he has a running back that he trusts. And it seems like he does trust Henderson. And so for the next couple weeks, we've got a reliable ball carrier. Um, Scott Connor talks about this, this any running back on a 53 concept This is the embodiment of that. You know, a running back has risen from the depths of really not even the practice squad, but the free agent streets. And now you have a usable piece for a couple weeks. Um, So make sure that he's rostered. Also, Gus Edwards, um, he's been a fringe redraft player um, in terms of rostership, and he's getting enough volume. I'm not anticipating 80 yard receptions for a touchdown from Gus Edwards ever again. I saw Jordan McNamara post a stat that if uh, you just took that 80 yard reception, that would be one of his career receiving uh, yardage years. Um, So that was a bit of an outlier, but what hasn't been is carries. He's getting decent volume in the teens just about every week. And that's really what we're chasing at the running back position. At wide receiver, let's make sure Josh Palmer and Rashi Rice are rostered. We've talked about both of these guys um, really for weeks now, and both have taken hold of 
pretty good target volume. Uh, we're talking seven or eight targets a week for Josh Palmer and Rashi Rice. His involvement has been increasing every single week with the Chiefs. We're really just trying to tether some form of hope that isn't named Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes uh, to this explosive Chiefs offense. And it seems like Rice is probably the best bet for that. At the tight end position, somebody we mentioned last week again, Taysom Hill. Somehow, this man is a receiver now. Before, he was a quarterback. He was a running back. He was a special teamer and add receiver to his complement of accolades because the volume has been there the past two weeks. And at the tight end position, it's such a junky, weird position that it's kind of perfect for Taysom Hill uh, when you really reflect on it. And now that he is in a more uh, pass centric role, I'm interested in rostering him um, as sort of a six to 14 uh, level tight end. He's not somebody that I'm counting on to push me over the top in any given week. However, he's not a bad dart throw. Um, so let's make sure that he's rostered. Um, in terms of ads, again, super lean. Um, Tyson Bagent actually played pretty well. He was sort of seen as a discount version of Justin Fields, and I still kind of believe that. But as long as Fields can't grip a football and Bagent can occupy your super flex spot, if you're in trouble, um, let's say that you went after Someone like a Mac Jones who, yes, he popped last week, but maybe you don't believe in him moving forward. That's the type of replacement level quarterback play that you can get off the waiver wire this week. I'm guessing that there isn't going to be a whole lot there. Um, and honestly, I would prefer not to start a Bajent because, again, there's there's no bye weeks. So absent injury you should be able to plug someone like a Joe Burrow who just came off of by back into your lineup and, and really feel more confident in your lineups this week. Last Tuesday, I mentioned that I thought scoring was going to be down and it certainly was in my leagues. I'm anticipating a big bump up in average scoring this week. And so it feels like a much chalkier um, set of lineup choices that we're faced with this week. But at the running back position, I think there are some viable ads, especially because we're coming off of this 16 buy. Um, I'm wondering if players like Chuba Hubbard, Rico Dowdell, or Devin Singletary may have been dropped because one of your opposing managers was in a tough spot. You know, let's say that they didn't have the roster space for these guys because they needed a spot starter last week. And so it's very possible that a Chuba Hubbard could have fallen you know, onto the waivers unnoticed, or maybe was a Saturday drop for a replacement player. And so now is the time to check your waiver wire for these types of players who are coming off their buy, who are either taking hold of backfields like Singletary or Chuba Hubbard maybe. Um, they seem to be eating into the starters work share and are probably flex options most weeks moving forward. Or Rico Dowdell, I mean, the running game has not been great in Dallas thus far. Um, I think Tony Pollard has been a little bit of a disappointment in terms of his ADP coming into the season. But really, it's just we have a 
what seems to be a pretty clear RB2 in that backfield that we can chase potentially for just a few fab dollars. So he's somebody that I'm looking out for uh, this week. Chris Rodriguez um, was the leading rusher for the Washington Commanders last week. And yes, it was only 31 yards. That's nothing special. But it signals to me that we were right to be adding him as a next week, this week player, because he's getting more run now. He's getting more play. He's a decent pass catcher. He's a bigger back. I'm interested to take a, you know, a flyer on a Chris Rodriguez, just because even though the uh, range of outcomes is really wide and it's probably leaning towards him not amounting to anything, We've seen week over week this year that running backs come out of nowhere to have real fantasy production and potentially real trade value. And so this is just another running back sort of on that queue of low percentage bets that you can make this week um, and hope that you get something, you know, you hope that you can eventually get four catches and 12 carries from a Chris Rodriguez Somebody that maybe we can be a little bit more hopeful toward is Jamal Williams. I don't know if y'all watched the Jaguars-Saints game on Thursday, but it was just a hot pile of garbage for the New Orleans offense. It was check down after check down. First read abandoned. Uh, where's Alvin Kamara from Derek Carr? And it was that all game long. I don't know what's wrong with the offense. I don't know if Carr is still learning it or if he's not fully comfortable yet, but I am imagining something has to give at some point. It was embarrassing for them to be on national TV or streaming um, since it was on Prime and to have that type of a result. And so I would imagine that things are going to change. And one of the possible outcomes is Jamal Williams getting a little bit more run, having somebody who does the right things every time, who can thump it inside when he needs to, who maybe isn't a special athlete, but we see average NFL athletes. These are extraordinary athletes to the common person, but in the NFL, Jamal Williams is as average as the day is long. We've seen him perform before, um, even beyond the crazy touchdown production. He does the right thing every time. And so if an offense is looking to get back to basics, I could see a Jamal Williams really mattering over the next few weeks. Again, he's somebody who I'm not sure the the manager who had him is doing very well if they were relying on a Jamal Williams. He was supposed to be, you know, a running back in the rotation, but he got hurt. And now there's an opportunity for you to capitalize on renewed health. Um, He returned last week and now having some optimism that you could have a potential starter down the backstretch of this season. A wide receiver, I would prefer to pick up nobody. Um, To be honest with you, this is not the week to pick up wide receivers. However, if there is one that has reasonably high roster ship, like a Josh Downs, uh, somebody who's truly a startable asset And this is obviously just a redraft take, but if there's a Josh Downs type of profile out on the waiver wire, it wouldn't be terrible to add him, but be very conscious of your roster construction. If you have, uh, let's say, a start three wide receiver league and you're rostering six or seven wide receivers, you do not need to be adding 
any wide receiver to the back end of your bench right now. You need to be playing uh, what you've got unless there is a clear upgrade on the waiver wire. At tight end, there may be some clear upgrades on the waiver wire because right now I'm seeing two names that just stand out like a sore thumb to me. The first is Chigakonkwo. He is um, one of John's really favorite later round tight ends. And at this point, I'm willing to buy in because I'm seeing him on waiver wires and people seem to be fairly disinterested because the Titans offense seems to be fairly disinterested in scoring points. However, he's an incredible athlete. We've seen an up and down season from DeAndre Hopkins, and we've seen mostly a down season from Traylon Burks. More injuries, more ineffectiveness. The targets have to go somewhere. They can't all go to DeAndre Hopkins. It seems there may be a fire sale happening in Tennessee, and I would find it hard to imagine that a Conquo would be a player on the way out. I could see him being a player who actually gets a pretty decent target share somewhere in the four to seven targets a week. And at the tight end position, that's really enticing. Um, We don't see consistent volume on the waiver wire at tight end very frequently. And I could see Okonkwo being sort of the black sheep of a very um, messy, nasty (laughs) waiver wire of tight ends. Um, One other guy who I'm interested in just because he seems to be stiff arming Zach Ertz to the sideline. Um, that's Trey McBride. Uh, it's just happening. The, the switch is happening to where McBride is healthy. He seems to be comfortable in the offense. And honestly, the Arizona offense is overproducing certainly what my expectations were coming into the season And I think our collective expectations as well. Um, McBride is a reasonable waiver flyer, but he's not somebody that I would prioritize over a Chigakonkwo. Moving on, though, um, let's put our crystal ball on the table and try to get some next week, this week players out for you. Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback that I'm interested in, um, not this week, but next week, because... I don't know how Sam Howell is still standing on both of his legs right now. He has been nothing short of abused. He is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this season, and he's on pace to be the most sacked quarterback of all time. And most of it is his fault. He is taking these sacks. They are quarterback sacks. They are not primarily the fault of the offensive line. These are on him. Um, And so while I don't feel great about predicting injury uh, for a quarterback or any NFL player, it feels inevitable. It feels like a matter of time before a Jacoby Brissett is leading the commander's offense. And we've seen every step of Brissett's career, him walk into a difficult situation and do something adjacent to thriving. He's taken on everything from the Andrew Luck situation with his immediate retirement, the Peyton Manning situation in which he broke his neck, the Cleveland Browns who took on the dirtbag in Deshaun Watson, and now he's in Washington. This is not a stage that is too big for a Jacoby Brissett. This is not a situation that is too messy for him to perform well. 
And honestly, at the, at the middle point of the season right now, if I'm going to push my roster out of the ideal construction, it would be to add quarterbacks and not just any quarterback, but a quarterback with the upside of a Jacoby Brissett. We've seen Terod Taylor perform. We've seen Minshew perform. I could see possibly a Mike White perform, but Jacoby Brissett is right up there with the elite backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he might be one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, He's just never really held a job long enough to prove it to the rest of the league. And so he's a, he's a perfect next week, this week type of stash. He's somebody that I will certainly have um, on any roster where I've got more than 24 players uh, in the Superflex league. In one QB, obviously, we're not going to be rostering a Jacoby Brissett, but in a Superflex, he's a great stash. Moving on to the running back position, I'm wondering, especially in redraft, where Khalil Herbert and James Conner are. If they are on waivers, they come back in two weeks. So this might not be a next week, this week player, but this is a stash where we know uh, how good these running backs are. We know that Khalil Herbert is one of the best running backs in the league at avoiding tackles. He's got great vision. He's got great size. He's produced uh, in limited spurts. He had the starting job. We just saw what Dante Foreman could do in that uh, Bears offense. Not that it's anything special, but three touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. And James Conner has been nothing but a volume king really his entire career. He's probably one of the most underrated fantasy assets out there. And he can be had in Dynasty for, I don't know, a third round pick, something like that. One of those wide receivers that's probably never going to hit your lineup. These are players that I want to try to see if I can sell some of my depth and possibly move into a latter half season starter at the running back position. Next guy is Fat Leonard Fournette. Um, we know he's probably not in shape, right? He's never had the greatest work ethic. Um, but Leonard Fournette tweeted out that he is going to be uh, signing with the team this week. Whether or not that happens um, as of Monday night, I haven't seen anything. But I actually like Leonard Fournette, the fantasy asset. Now, why do I like him? Because he's really good in pass protection. He is a pass-catching running back. Although he's big and he may look coming off the bus like a goal lineback, that's not at all what he is. He's got relatively light feet still um, based on what I saw last year. He doesn't have the endurance that he once had to where he can grind you down for, you know, 20 carries a week. But I am anticipating if he signs in a decent spot, he would be a really good third down running back, Um, a running back who's trusted in pass protection, a running back who's going to get three or four targets a week and several carries a week. If you are doing the zero or hero RB approach in your fantasy league, Leonard Fournette is the next logical running back for you to bring onto your roster right now, um, hopefully before he signs anywhere, so that you can put a zero or one dollar bid on Fournette and bring him onto your team. A younger guy who's very enticing is Keaton Mitchell. Tiny guy, uh, I think he's 5'8, 
170 pounds or something ridiculous like that. But the NFL has shown us, especially this year of all years, that size is really just a number. (laughs) There is so little um, correlation this year to height and weight to production. It is not a limiting factor that I've seen um, in so many situations this year to where if you can find a fast running back who has great burst and decent vision like a Keaton Mitchell, he's a primarily a special teamer, but he got a carry a few carries this week for the Ravens. And one just explosive run that was called back due to holding. Um, I don't think your league mates are going to see that unless they watch the, the Ravens game. And so he's another running back that I want to stash on the back of my roster just to see how this thing shakes out. I play in leagues where return yards are also um, added to point scoring totals. So if you have that type of format, especially uh, bring Mitchell onto your team. Now wide receiver, Demario Douglas is somebody who I am a little excited about. I have him, I think in 10 or 11 spots out of my 19 leagues. Um, why am I rostering a sixth round wide receiver for the Patriots? He was a free bet, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I had some extra spots because I wasn't going to roster a Izzy Abanacanda over his bye week because I knew I could pick him up um, this upcoming week on waivers. And so I dropped 11 shares of Abanacanda and I picked up 11 shares of Demario Douglas. And he popped. He had, I think, five catches for 50 yards, something like that. The most encouraging thing to me, though, was that he was out there and targeted on the scripted plays at the beginning of the game. And so that tells me there are plans to incorporate Douglas further into the offense and hopefully make him more of a mainstay because that wide receiver core is probably the worst in the league, if not really close to the bottom. And we are just dying for somebody to make themselves known from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, Kendrick Bourne may do that. He, he popped pretty well today as well. Uh, Kayshawn Butte has just been sitting out there. I think Douglas has a decent shot of being um, a wide receiver three. You know, so if you play in deeper formats, that's not a bad stash, um, especially if you can wait a week in shorter bench um, or redraft leagues, I'm a little more concerned about rostering somebody like that. I imagine there's probably somebody better on the waiver wire, but if you have an empty spot, there are worse bets that you can make. Super friends, super flex dude here to talk to you about Ticketmaster. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to represent your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Let's move on to some drops. 
I've got three today. Um, my first drop is actually a wide receiver core absent one player. I am willing to drop any Chiefs wide receiver not named Rashi Rice on a redraft team. In short bench dynasty, I don't want any of those other wide receivers on my team. Sky Moore, if I can get rid of him for a third, great. I don't care. Kadarius Tony, see ya. Get out of here. Give me a backup running back. Rashi Rice is the only wide receiver that I want to roster. If I am in a redraft league, cut them. Cut all of them. You don't need anybody else uh, from that wide receiver core. It's not that they're not going to have good weeks. It's just you're never going to know when to start them. And I don't want that anxiety. I don't want that stress. I don't want that frustration on my lineups or in my life. The second guy I want to get rid of is Keontae Ingram. It's not that I think he's a bad player either. It's that I think I can entice one of my league mates to put a pretty big fab bid on him. I've got Ingram in, I think, 15 of my 19 leagues. And I'm going to be dropping him almost everywhere um, because there are better options on the waiver wire right now. He had essentially only special teams um, reps this week. He was not really involved in the offense. And with Amari DiMarcado really taking hold um, in a more concrete way with some of the veteran running backs behind him that they've signed and James Conner looming, I'm not really interested in Keontae Ingram or his 1.9 yards per carry in his career. The last guy I'm considering dropping, and this is very strictly a redraft drop. It's somebody I was recommending adding last week, but a hamstring injury unfortunately took him out before he could even play a snap. That's Pat Fryermuth at the tight end position. I love Pat Fryermuth. I think what he can do is potentially elite down the road but right now is not the time to find out. He's out for a few more weeks. It's time to drop a useless tight end, especially if you don't have an IR spot. Move on. Um, in a few weeks, we can revisit picking him back up. If somebody else wants to stash him and redraft, um, yeah, God bless you. Enjoy. A couple of players I'm fading. Um, and these are much better players than the folks I was recommending dropping. So please do not confuse this with dropping players um, because the first guy I want to talk about is Alvin Kamara. He had an insane target share, um, as I said earlier in this episode, and that's really been carrying over week over week ever since he came back from the suspension. However, this is not sustainable. What is happening is not going to continue to happen. It doesn't mean that I need to trade him away. Um, necessarily. It doesn't mean that I want to cut him by any means, um, short bench redraft or any format. What it means is you need to temper your expectations. Um, I'm anticipating something closer to 12 to 15 points per week in a PPR league, not this crazy 29 point outburst that we had last week. So just do not expect the moon from an aging, really inefficient running back who's on the twilight of his career. Um, it's, it's okay to start him for the rest of the season, but really expect more RB2 than RB1 uh, starts the rest of the way. One guy that everyone is very excited about is Dalton Kincaid, tight end for the Bills. 
with Dawson Knox going on IR, um, it feels like Kincaid is going to ascend to uh, really the expectations we had going into the season. Um, I know the dynasty folks were really excited about him, that he was going in the late first round um, in some super flex leagues earlier in one QB leagues. I am tempering my expectations of my shares of Dalton Kincaid because if Dawson Knox was holding him back, that is not enough to elevate a work share, in my opinion. I think he's going to come along at the pace he was going to, whether or not Dawson Knox was healthy. And that's okay. Like, we need to give tight ends time. We need to not be so reactionary at the tight end position to where our expectations ebb and flow with an injury to a Dawson Knox level player. So if Dalton Kincaid does not do well, don't panic. It's okay. He's still on the same trajectory he always was. Next guy I want to talk about is Ty J Spears. Um, the Titans seem to be having a fire sale. It started on the defensive side of the ball, but it would not be much of a leap to think that Ryan Tannehill could be gone, um, the quarterback, or if King Henry goes. Um, I think that a lot of the dynasty space is sort of preparing as if this is going to happen, as if it is a guarantee that Derrick Henry is gone. And I think he probably is, but I am not 100% sure um, that there will be a buyer. I'm not 100% sure that Derrick Henry will want to leave. Um, he's been there his whole career, right? Like there is something to a player um, not wanting to go to, to certain spaces, to certain uh, new locations. And I'm just not willing to pay the price that Ty J Spears currently carries. Um, I would rather sell on the assumption that he ascends to a RB1 role instead of waiting to find out. And so that's why I'm fading Tajay Spears. I think he's a good player. I don't care about the no ACLs thing. He's looked great this year. But let's just hold off on the expectations that he is going to be winning us championships um, as a guarantee. If someone else in your league feels that way, he may actually be a sell candidate instead of a fade. The final fade that I have uh, for this week is Matt Stafford. Injuries are piling up again. Um, the production has been okay. He started off um, a bit of a surprise because we had such low expectations of Matt Stafford. However, we check in sort of at the midway point of the season, or at least close to it, and Matt Stafford is the QB 20 in points per game. That's not a difference maker, um, especially if you have a quarterback who has as many injuries um, and such a long injury history as Matt Stafford, who's an Ironman and will continue to play as long as, you know, his body will allow him. But how much longer is that? Is there an opportunity to move into another quarterback in that tier who just doesn't have the injury concerns or the same injury concerns that Matt Stafford does? All right, let's spin this positive now. Um, let's talk about some, some buys or holds if you're a contender. I've got to admit, it feels almost like Aaron Jones has slipped into the ether of this fantasy season and is only just beginning to reemerge. I'm excited for Aaron Jones. Um, I think that him coming back from injury and having a week to sort of get his legs under him 
is exciting. I think that we've almost forgotten uh, exactly what Aaron Jones has been for the past few years. He's somebody that if I can move, let's say a Derrick Henry into an Aaron Jones, um, you know, with a pick or a nominal player on either side, I'd be interested in that. I think that Aaron Jones is in line uh, for a big second half of the season. And so he's somebody that I'm going to send out offers for because I haven't really done that uh, very much this year. And I need to turn my attention to players like Aaron Jones, that type of a profile. Another guy I want to highlight as a buy or hold. We talked about him last week and I made the claim that Darren Waller was doing very similar things to Travis Kelsey It's just the ball wasn't coming to him uh, in the same way. And he hit. Thank God he hit. He's finally showing uh, all of the promise that we had this offseason to the tune of seven catches for 98 yards and a score. That's something we can work with at the tight end position. That's, That's a top three tight end on any given week. And Darren Waller is one of the best bets each week to give that to you right now. Um, I know that was with Terod Taylor, but I think that this is more indicative of Waller's health um, than than anything else. The fact that he's back now and they feel more confident making him the first read of the offense because his first read targets have jumped up dramatically as well. The last guy I want to mention as a buyer hold if you're a contender is Dak Prescott. He's had such a weird season. We've talked about him quite a bit on this show. Um And I was hesitant to talk about him more uh, exiting the buy, but I went in the DLF trade finder today and I saw just highway robbery. I saw Dak Prescott go for a 24 first, a single 24 first. I don't care if it's anything but the 101, give me Dak Prescott in that case. Um, I am certainly surprised by the fact that he went for a single first, and I'm going to send out offers this week to see if any of my league mates think the same way and are down on Dak Prescott to that level because any of the top 14 or 15 quarterbacks um, in Superflex right now in the DLF rankings, they're certainly worth at least this. And Dak Prescott is firmly entrenched um, in the top 12 or 15 of my personal quarterback tiering system. Um, Not that it's posted anywhere, but I really see him as a top eight to 10 quarterback. Um, And I'd be very comfortable paying first. A couple guys um, that I'm looking to sell, and these are really the upper crust at their respective positions. Um, I'm not talking about sell lows here. I'm talking about sell absolutely highs. AJ Brown. He has been nothing short of dominant. Um, the past few weeks. I think he has five weeks over 130 yards and he's got, I don't know, a handful of touchdowns as well. It's It's been ridiculous how good A.J. Brown is. And thank God, because like the promise that we saw in Tennessee, um, the early results with Philadelphia, they didn't show this. They showed that he was an incredible athlete that what he was doing in a limited target share um, was worthy of excitement, was worthy of more volume. And now that he's getting crazy volume, 40% first read targets in that Philadelphia offense, 
um, I am willing to shop around, not to tear down, but to tear up. The Justin Jefferson manager has now lived a week without 25 points per game in their wide receiver one spot. It's time to ask what you may have to add to AJ Brown to get to Justin Jefferson this week. I think this is a very narrow window to get Justin Jefferson for AJ Brown plus, I don't know, something in the realm of a late first. It doesn't have to be a pick, but something valued in that range is probably going to get the deal done. That's how good AJ Brown is playing right now. And we know that this, this pace can't sustain. If he was um, doing Devontae Adams things where he was the um, the only real target with one other option. Yeah, I could see A.J. Brown maintaining this type of volume, but that's a dynamic offense in Philadelphia. It's an offense that loves to run the ball as well. It's an offense that uses their players um, to their absolute best potential, and we've seen Goddard uh, wake up the last few weeks. We've seen Devonta Smith really challenge A.J. Brown at certain points, Um in their respective careers for the target lead. And it's well-deserved for Devonta Smith. It's, it's going to happen to where the offense flows to other options. And while A.J. Brown is somebody that I want to have for his whole career, I think he's a great player, if I have an opportunity to tear up into one of the superheroes, the Jamar Chase or Justin Jeffersons of the league, I want to explore that. And so that's my recommendation this week. I've got AJ Brown, I think in 10 spots. I'm gonna see if I can make one or two happen. The other guy that I'm looking to get rid of um, as a sell high is Travis Etienne. I know he's listed at 215 pounds, but it sure doesn't look like it. He has had absolute abuse this year and he has done nothing but overperform. Um, he's been great. I'm a Jaguars fan. I love Travis Etienne, the football player. I love watching him every Sunday or Thursday last week. But we know how high the injury rate is at running back. And right now it feels like if you drafted Travis Etienne, um, let's say in the third or fourth round, he's probably worth more than that right now. And so you've gotten really good production out of Travis Etienne. And I would say this about almost any running back drafted in that range. If you get great production um, and you can move laterally, especially to another position, um, I'd be interested in possibly cashing out at a value equivalent move because coming up, we've got the Steelers, a bye week the 49ers and the Titans. And I know I said the Titans are in a fire sale, um, but they've got a pretty good run defense still. And the 49ers sure do. And you don't score any points on your bye week. Um, so I see the next few weeks being a bit of a dip in value for Travis Etienne. Um, so he's somebody I'm looking possibly to shop. Um, the thing is, it's, it's really tough to sell right now, especially at the running back position, because with no buys, everybody should be at some form of full strength in, their, in your leagues. And so it's, it's a tough selling market right now. If you don't get really good value for either of these players, don't sell, just hold. Let's move on to the rebuilders though, um, because this is the time of year where a lot of y'all have chosen a direction, right? 
There are a few teams in the middle, but for the most part, uh, contenders are known. The rebuilders, um, unfortunately, you've made yourselves known, willingly or not. It's time to look toward the future. A couple of guys I'm looking at are valued very low. Um, and I think that the market is probably giving up on these players. First at quarterback, Kenny Pickett. He has been off target on 22.3% of his throws this season. Um, why would I ever recommend you buy Kenny Pickett, right? Well, it's because A, he's worth less than a first right now. Um, just barely less from what I've seen. But he's worth more than two seconds, right? He's in that range of players that are really tough to value. And when I'm in those spaces, in those value ranges, there are edges to be gained from a market perspective. He also just got Deontay Johnson back, um, who's a fantastic route runner. I think one of the problems with the Steelers offense this year is the fact that none of the receivers outside of Deontay Johnson are great separators. And so that leads to um, this high off-target throw percentage because it's really difficult to have that um, communication with all of the wide receivers if they can't separate. It's, it's not that difficult when you've got one of them um, who can't separate and you learn where they like the 50-50 balls to make them 70-30s. Um, but when everybody is that way, it really bogs the offense down. And now that we have a proficient route runner, a decent separator in Deontay Johnson, I see Kenny Pickett's production going up. And when production goes up, value goes up. So I see this as a pretty good buy low opportunity um, to where you don't have to pay a first for a quarterback um, and you can set yourself up better for next year. You may even find a cash out opportunity at some point this season. Next guy I want to talk about, Christian Watson. Um, he's really disappointed me. I had higher expectations of him, um, really all the way up to a possible wide receiver one finish. Um, he and Brandon Ayuk were two players where you just see the ceiling. You see the athleticism, the explosiveness. They move in ways that other players don't move. Unfortunately for Watson, this has been kind of a bust of a year. Um, injuries, new quarterback, a really young offense. Everything is just kind of a mess. Um, but when things get messy, that's where buy low opportunities are found. And that's really what I see with Christian Watson is somebody who we just need to hit the reset button on. Um, that's not going to happen, unfortunately, until next year, very likely to where we can all take a breath and sort of think through what we think of a Christian Watson. And he might have an opportunity to really start to put everything back together. Um, so he's, he's somebody that I'm looking at right now, especially on a rebuilding team, because I think the production is going to be pretty poor the rest of the way. Um, and yet I'm still enticed by the profile. So, but that's all we've got for you today. Um, thank you all for listening. Sorry, we didn't have the super flex dude for you this week, but he's going to be back with some really awesome content. Um, I have heard a rumor that he is going to be speaking with Dr. Caitlin Fang later this week and talking about some really interesting topics, uh, stuff that is so far outside of what I normally consume in the fantasy space and the dynasty space. So I hope you'll tune into that. Um, if you have any questions about the SOPs this week, feel free to DM me um, at FFTommyB on Twitter. Um, yeah, 
Good luck, y'all, this week. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to the Superflex dude uh, for the chance to podcast with y'all this year. Um, until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.